Welcome to A Kenyan's Experience, a podcast for Kenyans by Kenyans. In this podcast, we use real, raw, and personal journeys to provide you with the knowledge and the power to demystify, simplify, and make better decisions about your academic and professional future. This podcast is relevant for everyone, anyone, at any point in the academic or career path, from high schoolers to uni students to industry professionals, and even those looking to pivot later in their professional careers. Here to Kenyan's Experience, we ask the questions you wish you had asked before you started your journey and normalize making bold decisions for you. So tune in every week for an episode that will leave you inspired, challenged, and laughing as Kenyans tell their stories here on A Kenyan's Experience. In this new season, we're introducing a new feature, Voice Notes, whereby you as the audience will be able to click on a link that will be in our show notes and let us know what you thought about the episode. Any feedback you may have, you know, as far as content or even like technical stuff, we want to improve. So hit that link, record a voice note and let us know what you think. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of A Kenya's Experience podcast. Um, today's guest is Lucy Kinudia. Lucy, say hi to people. Hi, guys. <laughs> and I'm also joined by my co-host, Cynthia. Say hello as well. Hello, hello, guys. Nice to be back. Second episode of today. Yeah, today you might not know, but today we're recording back to back. So it's been a long day of talking to people, but a fun day. Yeah. Um, so with that, let's just get into it. Um, Lucy, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who is Lucy? Um, so my name is Lucy Kinutia. I am 23 years old. I am a beauty, fashion, and lifestyle content creator. I'm also a copywriter and a digital marketer. Wow, you've got your hands in many pots. Like yeah. <laughs> Nice. And how did you get into content creation? Sorry. Um, so I have a business. So mm-hmm. it's called Vitamin Accessories. So I initially just started it as a pastime. And I started creating content for it because I was selling through Instagram. So I realized that I really like just taking pictures, taking videos. It was fun. And I think that's around when COVID came. And that's when influencing became like a big thing. So I just decided maybe I could try it. But back then I was still very shy. I didn't want to talk. I didn't want to show my face. I didn't want to be public. (laughs) So it took some time for me to actually make my account public. And then in 2021 is when I actually got into it. Yeah. Was it something that came naturally to you to start the content creation page during a time of COVID? Or was it just something that like, for me, for example, I just, I took up baking and I decided this is going to be my side business in the midst of medical school. Uh, Or was it something that you'd always been thinking about and mulling over before even COVID happened? Um, No, I think it just came because of COVID. And then I saw this is something people actually do Hmm. and people actually like do it as a career and make money because I always thought oh my gosh I have to finish school and then start thinking about a nine to five Mm -hmm. and then 
when content creation came in as something I can actually do, I was like, this is what I want to do. And did you find yourself sort of like finding it easier to get into that uh, in the midst of COVID? Or was it sort of something that you had to get comfortable with first? Or was it something that like, are you someone who's just naturally creative? Um, I'm naturally creative. So it was easy to do, mm. but putting it out there was harder because I'm an introvert and I'm very shy. Mm. So like putting it out there and then the criticism, thinking about what people might say, they don't like it. It was harder. So it just took time. And so what was the thing that like got you out of your shell to, you know, just be comfortable sharing your, your stuff? Um, encouragement from people around me, my friends, my best friends, like seeing the content I make and asking me, why are you not putting this out there? You're doing so well. You can do this. Yeah. That's nice. It's always good to have people who support you. Yeah. yeah. Whatever you're doing. Yeah. So you said you also do digital marketing. Is that right? Yes. So did your experience with digital marketing sort of help with your content creation i mean i know a lot of us have instagram accounts so we have an idea yeah. of what it entails but did your digital marketing experience have some sort of influence or help with that at all um it did a little because i was also learning marketing in school right so when i was learning marketing was also when i was coming into content creation so whatever I was learning in school, I was also like thinking about what I'm going to add to my content. So I think that is what helped my content creation. Digital marketing came after when I graduated, when I decided if I'm going to have a 95 job, that's what I would do instead of what I actually studied as a major. Mm. Yeah. And so what would you say was the difference between what you studied and what you currently do as a digital marketer? Um, I actually studied finance. Mm. So it's a completely a different, different career. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, I did major in finance, but also minor in marketing, but that doesn't show in my degree. So even if I did the one and two marketing units, mm -hmm. that was what clicked for me mm. finance was more for like this is what makes sense you know this is what the careers are make money so that's why i got into it in the beginning and then later on is when i learned marketing it was more interesting more fun for me yeah did you enjoy um doing your marketing degree like did you like it was yeah, it did. something you felt you just had to do to be able to get that job? No, I enjoyed it. I actually just did marketing for fun. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And so why did you choose to go to Strathmore? Because lots of people, you know, if they've given the opportunity, they'd want to go abroad, mm. you know, South Africa, the States, the UK. Mm. Why did you choose to go to Strathmore? Because I know it is one of the best schools in Kenya to get into and it's pretty tough I think they've got some pretty sassy rules <laughs> to keep you straight in the school um so why'd <laughs> yeah. you why'd you choose to go to Strathmore um my parents have this mentality that you should do your undergrad here mm. and then whatever you want to do after you can go and do it outside okay. 
So that's why I ended up in Stratford. And about the rules, honestly, I didn't even think there were like rules like that because I was in Kianda and Kianda is like the female high school for Strathmore. Yeah. So I, there were the same rules, same everything. Actually, Strathmore was less strict than my high school. So to oh. me, this was like oh, an amazing life. I was living the best <laughs> life ever. <laughs> yeah. So you feel like you still had that sort of freedom that people get when they go to uni because the rules weren't as, as many. Exactly. Did you live at home while you were at uni or did you move to like student accommodation? I lived at home. Yeah. Did that affect um, like your student life? You know, I think everyone has this idea of what student life is like when you go to university, do you feel staying at home affected that in any way? Um, no, I don't think so, personally. Because I feel like the student life is more of a freedom. Mm. But to me, being in Strathmore was a really freedom for me. <laughs> to most people, that was like, this is so restrictive. You're making me wear official clothes. I have to be in school. I have to also be in class. To me, it was like, I'm already free. I'm okay. Yeah. So how did you... So is it something that you found commonly amongst other students as well uh, in Strathmore who lived at home and then also went to Strathmore? Did most people sort of live on campus or in hostels and went to Strathmore? Um, I think it was more common for them to live in hostels and move out because they wanted that freedom. Mm -hmm. So being in school, they were really restricted. Going back home to their parents, (laughs) pretty much. They just wanted to stay outside. Yeah. 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 How did you come across the, the, the course of, you know, finance? Was that something that you'd always wanted to do through high school? Was that something that was influenced by your family? Or was it just that Kenyan mentality of, you know, let's just do a finance degree? <laughs> um, I think in high school, I actually wanted to do law hmm. because I had watched Suits and <laughs> yeah. how- so fully convinced me that law is what I to do. <laughs> yeah. And then I had a cousin who did law in Strathmore and she was telling me like, this is how it is. Like in real life, this mm. is actually how it is. So I realized, mm-hmm. okay, maybe not. And then I went to Strathmore and there were all these courses and I didn't know what I wanted to do. So um, I saw Bachelor of Commerce and mm-hmm. it was more of like you learn everything. You learn finance, you learn marketing, HR, everything, accounting. So I decided to go with Bachelor of Commerce because if the first two years I'm going to learn everything and then be able to pick what I actually right. have interest in, that's better than just going into like finan- financial economics and then two years down the line, I'm like, I don't like financial economics at all. So that's why I chose Bachelor of Commerce. And choosing finance, um, I'm going to say it was a Kenyan (laughs) influence of just choosing finance because that's what makes money. That's what makes sense. But also, I'd been seeing a lot of 
marketing here and there, like seeing agency life. And I was very interested. So I was like, okay, I can minor in marketing and just see how it's like. Yeah. And did you consider other universities before settling on Strathmore? Or was just that the one that you looked at? Um, that was the only one I looked at. <laughs> is there a reason behind that? <laughs> or is that just where um, you knew you wanted to go? Um, I think because in my family, that is the school you're going to. <laughs> oh, <right>. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> was there then like your siblings or your parents or your uncles who also went to Strathmore and therefore it was sort of like a generational thing? Yeah. My dad went to Strathmore, my cousins were in Strathmore. Wow. So I was in Strathmore, now my brother is in Strathmore, so it's like a thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Nice. And I think there's, there's and, something um, to and that, what's... isn't there? Sorry. Uh, no, I was just saying, I think there's something to that, isn't there? Because you have sort of like people who can lead the way forwards before you. Because, for example, mm-hmm. when Gadoni and I can imagine when we went to uni, there's no one before us who came, you know, who had gone abroad or had gone to the unis that we went to. And so you have to basically find your way. Whereas like if there's other people who have come before you, they can tell you like, you know, hey, go to this canteen or, you know, this is the spot. And, you know, so they can give you the tips and tricks. Um, so yeah, that's quite something. Yeah. yeah. That's true. Yeah. Um, and what was the application process like um, to Strathmore? Um, my experience personally, it wasn't so mm-hmm. hard. It was mm-hmm. just, I just went, inquired about the course. Then they told me, just come in for an interview. So I went in and did the written interview, then the oral interview, which wasn't that hard. It was more of like, honestly, it was the same interview process that I did getting into Kianda. It was the exact same thing. So it wasn't something difficult or new to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I find it really interesting that there's like an interview process for uni. <laughs> or is it just yeah. someone who just finds it a bit odd? Um, I do find it odd. I feel like it's more of a formality, to be honest. Mm. But I feel like it's also the one to see whether you're going to obey their rules because I'm people who just can't handle their rules. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. I think the only the only courses I know of that have interview processes are the ones that are really, really competitive is like medicine. But most courses, they you mm-hmm. can just get in with your grades, like a personal statement. I think that's about it. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's true. But Strathmore, it's every single course. You're going to do the written interview, mm. then the oral interview, yeah. Do you think that culture at Strathmore helped build you into the businesswoman that you are today? You know, having that sort of formality of you're going to school, but at the same time, this is a place where you're going to learn finance, you're going to learn how to interact with like-minded people who are older than you, possible mentors, possible you know, customers, and therefore you have to dress the part. You know what I mean? It's like if I was going to, I like when I used to go to campus, I'm not going to lie, I used to have a hat on, I used to wear sweatpants, hoodie, you know, like, you know, you're just chilling in your vans. So you, you, you're you already mm-hmm. in that like really comfort mentality. Whereas like if you tell me to dress up nicely every single day, you sort of have to get into a mentality of like, you know, this is, it's, it's more than just uni. It sort of becomes like this is the image that I'm trying to portray out into the world. Do you think that that had an influence on 
the person that you've become today, the businesswoman that you've become? Um, I think it did, um, especially professionally, mm. even the way you would like approach people professionally, the way you'd write emails, how you'd handle situations. It's been easier because I was instructional and those are things you're taught. Those were actual units that mm. we were taught, oh, wow. like how to properly do these things. So I think it did help. Yeah. And so what? maybe you can give more examples of sort of like the business etiquette that Strathmore teaches you for people who are listening and are maybe considering going to Strathmore for a business course. Um, the business etiquette, I would say, I think you learn more from um, maybe the workshops they have. They even have the clubs. You really learn a lot from the clubs and also the flea markets. Because oh. before seeing flea markets in Strathmore, I never thought about selling things, like mm-hmm. the way I started vitamin accessories. Like you just see people selling online and you're mm-hmm. like, okay, but like, how do you get there? But Strathmore had flea markets from the business club where you just come and you sell whatever you want. So from just seeing people sell, you're also like, okay, I can start something. I don't mm. just have to just sit there and do nothing. They yeah. also teach you to start early. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Wait, so the, in the flea market, so what exactly, like, do you mind explaining a bit more about that concept? This is the first time I've heard about it in a university setting. Um, basically, it's like other flea markets. Mm-hmm. So they just send out an email saying, we're going to have a flea market on this specific day. Um, if you're looking to sell something, you just pay for a table. I think it's around 100 or 200 bucks. You pay for a table. And on the day of the flea market, you just come, catch your table, you set up. And students, like you sit out the whole, you can sit out the whole day or whatever, from whatever time you'd like. And students just come, pass by and buy. People sell everything, sell food, sell pastries, jewelry, bags, everything, clothes new ones, secondhand. Mm-hmm. So people just start their businesses like that. And they're always asked, so where can I get you again? And that's how it's our Instagram pages and grow from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So what did you And sell? is it students? Good question. And is it <laughs> students who sell? <laughs> um, no, it's not only students. Even non-students oh. can come and sell. Yeah. Oh, okay. So did you sell anything back to this question? <laughs> Um, I used to sell the jewelry. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay, so um, speaking of your jewelry, do you make it yourself or um, like where did the idea of selling jewelry come from? Um, so initially I started by just, um, I used to buy jewelry from Instagram shops. Mm-hmm. And they would be expensive and that you'd get them two weeks later, not even two weeks, a week later, they're faded, they're brown. Mm-hmm. So I decided I'm going to start looking for jewelry for myself that actually lasts. Mm-hmm. So I started shipping in jewelry for myself and then I'd have my friends asking, where did you get this, where did you get that? Then I started bringing it in and selling to them. Mm-hmm. Then they told me, like, you should actually start a page. So I was like, okay, yeah, that's something I could actually do. So I started a page and then 
as I growing from there, so I just posting pictures and growing from there. Yeah. Nice. And so why I think Adoni had asked this, but maybe I'll clarify, but why jewelry? Like you could sell anything, you know. Why specifically jewelry? Because there's there's something about the thing that you choose to sell that I think says a lot about a person. Is it something that you're personally very um, enthusiastic about? Or because you could have easily sold makeup, you know, a skincare products. So why jewelry? Um, I think it was just what I was very interested in then. Because mm. I wanted to... Let me see. Upgrade my style <laughs> using the jewelry back then, because <laughs> then I was looking for rings. I wanted necklaces. I wanted anklets, and I was like, I really, really, really want this right now. Like, this is what I want. Mm-hmm. So that's why I decided to do jewelry. Um, it was also much easier to do. I also thought about the the makeup and so many other things. Actually, um, I also tried lashes. Um, press on nails as well. I tried all those things, but jewelry was much easier to sell because the market isn't just women. It's women and men, and it's not just mm-hmm. a certain age gap. Mm-hmm. It's everyone who has jewelry. Right. Yeah. That's a good way. That's a good yeah. way to really tap into a large audience. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what have been some of your biggest challenges? So you've already mentioned sort of like, it's sort of like you, you had like trial runs of other things that you potentially thought about and tried selling. So what are the, some of the biggest challenges you've had, you know, setting up this business as vitamin accessories? Um, setting up wasn't a problem. Running it was a problem because at the same time I was in school mm-hmm. and with an online shop, people like want quick answers like i ask you right now is this available i need you to answer me in five minutes yeah, yeah. but that time i'm in class or i'm studying also at the same time after i finished school i was working i'm in a meeting with someone asking so when am i getting my package it was difficult to run on my own so that was the only problem i really had so I had someone on board and helped me like run things from there. Yeah. Nice. That's impressive. Thank and you. And you said you started selling in 2020. Yeah. Wow. That's really impressive. Where did the name come from? Um, I was really looking for names. Honestly, I don't remember what I typed mm-hmm. into Google. And this statement said, accessories are the vitamins to fashion. I saw that statement and I was like, oh. okay, oh. vitamin accessories then. Yeah. Oh, wow. I like that. I like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so who have your role models been um, in like the industry or in your space or who did you look up to and say, oh, they're doing something really good with the business and I want to try and find my own thing to be just as successful as they've been? In the business, there's one page I always saw was Wardrobe Banter. 
I don't know if you've seen Woodrow Panta, but that was a page I used to see in terms of business. Um, in terms of content creation, there was Only Bells. I'm not mm. sure if you know Only Bells. Yeah. I love her contents. Um, everything, the aesthetics, the makeup, the fashion. I am on her page every day since 2020. <laughs> Yeah. So she's been I don't want to for that. Has there been have you met other content creators in the space in Nairobi or in Kenya who have helped you sort of like elevate you, given you really good advice? Or or is the the space still quite unknown in Nairobi or maybe lonely? Um, I would say um it's lonely hmm. but um, for smaller creators, it's a bit lonely. For bigger creators, I don't think it's as lonely because I feel like they spend a lot of time together because they have the events and they also collaborate with the same brand. So they're able to share experiences and be able to like actually give each other advice. Mm -hmm. But for smaller creators, um, I've actually reached out to a few big creators and they don't respond. <laughs> they don't respond. So for smaller creators, it's lonely, but because there are many small creators, we also try and help each other. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I also have small creator friends and we always share each other's content because if we don't share each other's content, no one else will Absolutely. and we will grow. So, yeah. Yeah. Nice. And so how do you, because you mentioned it a but briefly before about, you know, you took some time before you went public. And so how do you, what, or rather, let me ask this, how did you find the confidence to sort of just own it, you know, um, that this is sort of like, this is Lucy Kinuthia's business, vitamin accessories, because when I had my small, very, 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 very small baking business in COVID, <laughs> um, I was very shy about putting my name on it because, you know, if like it's something flops, you know, you don't want to be like, hey, you know, you don't you just don't want your name associated with it, right? Yeah. So how did you find the confidence to put your name on it? Um, I think with Vitamin Accessories, I just did have the confidence to put my name on it. I was scared the same way about like something flopping and then you're the one associated with it. But um, with every person who comes and tells me, this wasn't good for me, this wasn't good for me, I don't understand, I'm okay, thank you for giving me your feedback. Hmm. And then I'd go back and try find something better that would work. Something that would a client would buy and actually last them years and they come back and say, I bought this back then and I still have it and I'm coming back for more. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It takes time. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you should go back to baking, but oh, now you're all the way across. Nah, girl. <laughs> you can't pay me enough. You can. You no, can. I, I was I was I mean to be quite honest with you, it was one of those things where I like every other per person in the world, man or woman or dog, I took up, you know, baking a banana bread, you know, following some recipe I found on the internet and perfecting it. And then I was feeding mm -hmm. my whole family because I had nothing better to do. And they were all like, oh, you know, you should really sell this, blah, blah, blah. 
And I took it too seriously, to be honest. It just, it broke my back. <laughs> it, it, it broke the bank because my left broke. So it's, it's one of those things I would, I enjoy it, but I think there's some things that should just be left as a hobby, if that makes sense. You know, because it's that whole mm. saying of like, if you, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. And trust me, this felt like I was working every day. So <laughs> just, I was like, right. clearly there's a problem. Yeah. I get you. Yeah. yeah, I think I felt the same way about content creation mm-hmm. because I was also like, oh, there's something I just feel like it's fun. At some point in the middle of filming, I would just be like, oh my God, is this something I actually want to do? Because I'm tired. <laughs> um, but I feel like encouragement helps a lot because even after feeling like that, my best friend would tell me no. Even if the video isn't good, go and redo it because the satisfaction you'll get from a brand telling you your content is amazing, you'd completely forget about how tired you were when you were making that video. That's true. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if this is a dumb question to ask, <laughs> but you say you're a content creator. Do you just mainly create your content around vitamin accessories or do you create it around other stuff as well um i have my like my personal page i do mm-hmm. beauty fashion lifestyle okay so that's where the content creator comes in right okay yeah yeah oh nice beauty so- fashion lifestyle how did you get into that yeah um honestly it was just like the easiest niche I could find actually <laughs> because I didn't want to I, I wanted to do content creation but there were so many things you could do and this was during COVID everyone's coming up with that different types of content you left mm-hmm. right and center with the TikTok and Instagram so I tried different things but those were like the easiest for me because Putting on makeup was easy for me. Hmm. Lifestyle is just your everyday life. Mm-hmm. So those are the easiest for me to do. And I didn't feel like I want to be working if I'm doing content creation. I just want to be living my life with that camera in front of me. Hmm. Yeah. And how many hours would you say you dedicate like a week to your content creation? Most like I can say like four. <laughs> wow. That's not bad. Yeah. That's it's because the way you said a camera in front of your face, I was like, where is that all the time? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, all the time would maybe be if I get into YouTube, which I'm mm-hmm. really thinking about. But for the content that I make, like a reel, honestly, I feel like people think a reel would take you hours to create but that's not true because you just put the camera in front of you. The same way you do your makeup when you're going for dinner. Mm-hmm. It'll take you 30 minutes or 45 minutes for one look. You just put the camera in front of you. You do the look. If you have several you want to shoot, because sometimes I bulk create, so I would shoot my first look change my top because you can you know it needs to be a different day yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> change the top 
remove the makeup, do another look, and yeah, it, it just takes like four hours to create. Sometimes it would take longer if you're trying, because I'm a perfectionist in mm-hmm. my way. So sometimes it would take several takes for me to get what I exactly what I want, but it doesn't take that long, no. Do you do you ever feel like you're putting too much of yourself out there as Lucy um, in terms of content creation? Because I ask this because I recognize that you're 23 and I'm you know turning 27 soon. Um, Gadoni, <laughs> it's true. Let's just face it. Um, but and I and I know this doesn't sound like a massive age difference, but I recognize the fact that in those four years you've been exposed to way more social media than Gadoni and I ever were in that sense. Mm-hmm. And so I think your perspective of social media and putting yourself out there is very different. So for me, it's very much like an educational sort of question um, in terms of do you ever feel like you're putting yourself out there too much as Lucy? Or do you feel like you have clear boundaries between Lucy, the content creator, and Lucy yourself? If anything, I do feel like I don't put myself out there mm. because... I'm very private. So there are certain things most people would share. Actually, I think everyone shares. Everyone shares, like like showing your family, your friends, who you're dating, where you're going. I'm very private about even where I'm going. I'm not going to show you where I'm going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So I think, if anything, I don't show enough, which I have heard because people will say, like, yes, we know Lucy, the content creator. We love the fashion. We love the beauty. We love the lifestyle. But who are you? They don't know, which I think I'm trying to learn how to do this year slowly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah. But for now, I do have a clear boundary. Because I don't want to overshare yeah. to the point that um, people feel entitled to know every little thing about my life. Okay. Yeah. 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 Or people feel like they know you based off of what you exactly. post. Exactly. Because yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask, like, is do you have to put the enough at the end of that sentence? Because, sh- like... Um, for example, Beyonce, right? She just has a boundary that's constantly been there. You know, like whether she had her kids, whether she was having drama with Jay-Z, it was just constantly, mm-hmm. obviously I'm comparing you to Beyonce. Um, but you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I think there's this sort of like compulsion to feel like, oh, we should be sharing, but it's like, but do we though? You know what I mean? Like by whose standards are we comparing that you should be sharing mm-hmm. more? Because if that's what is working for you now is Lucy, you're making money, you've got a business. Do you really need to be showing more? Because like you said, it's, it sort of sounds like a slippery slope, right? Because once you show this, then you need to show that. And mm-hmm. I'm totally stealing this off an episode of It's Related, I promise. But, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, so, yeah, I, I guess my question is, does there need to be an enough at the end of that sentence? Or is what you're doing now just enough? Uh, I, I always thought it was enough. But they always say you need to connect with your audience. Hmm. You need to share about yourself for people to feel like I can relate to you. Mm. So I want to follow you and 
continue with you. So I feel like the fact that I haven't been sharing is the reason why I don't grow as fast as most creators. Because you'd see someone pull up their phone on their Instagram story, on their TikTok, and tell you a crazy thing that just happened. Right. Me, a crazy thing happens. I'm going to call someone I know. And <laughs> the story that's going to be on my Instagram is the complete opposite of what just happened. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like being relatable is what sells more than the actual content. Mm. Yeah, because even on YouTube, if you're just showing your life, people be like, okay, this is boring. You're just showing your life. And when people are more, like being more relatable, showing their struggles, showing that they actually go through things that people actually go through and what they do, people are more influenced to actually follow them. Mm. So, yeah. 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 Fair enough. That makes sense because even when I think about the people I follow, it's about is there something that I can relate with with this person or relate to with this person or about this person? Mm. Um, Not necessarily everything, but is there just that one thing that will keep me wanting to go back and see what they what they post, what they're saying. So I think maybe there is a fine line between sharing about yourself to be relatable and oversharing. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. So it's finding that it like balance. Yeah. I'm scared to like find out where that balance is. <laughs> mm. Yeah. That's the only problem I've been having, but Slowly, I think I would be able to learn that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and lean on, like, your friends and those who are close around you and be like, is this too much or is this just enough? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And so speaking of, like, your support system, how have your family um, responded to you being a content creator? And is it something that you think that you would pursue full-time as a full-time job? Um, my family has been supportive of it, mm-hmm. actually, because it's not like I'm the first content creator, so it's not like a new career where you're like unsure of whether you'd actually be making money from it, because we do see other YouTubers, TikTokers, and Instagrammers who actually make a lot of money from it. Mm-hmm. So they've been very supportive of it. Um, full time. Currently, that's what that's what I'm doing full time. But um, everyone has been telling me that I should actually do it full time. But there's this mentality instilled in us where you have to get an actual job, an actual yeah. night five, <laughs> because if you're not at work, you're not working. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, I've just been in the middle of it. I do want to do content creation, but I still have this voice in the back of my head telling me, when are you getting a job? When are you getting a job? (laughs) So I'm still in the middle of things. I'm still, I freelance here and there, but currently I'm full-time. 
content creation. Nice. And if I mean, the thing is, you're still young. Yeah, <laughs> you no, exactly. Yeah. Enough time to figure it out. I like that you say that because I always feel like I'm running out of time. Oh. <laughs> no. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> well, like no. your older sisters are like, nah, girl, you're good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're fine. Yeah. I'm actually a firstborn. So my cousins, my older cousins are always telling me, Mm-hmm. you're so young mm. do you know how young you are and i'm like no but like you know but i should be getting my life together <laughs> no. No. i don't think anyone really has their life together at any point i feel like there's always that point in your life you're like oh i wish i had this i wish i did that mm. so don't don't let that like be don't let don't put pressure on yourself with that so just just take it one day at a time and figure out what you're doing at that time before you move on to the next. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like, when I think about it as well, like I just graduated university last year at 26 and, you know, it's just everyone at their own pace. I was, you know, I have friends who, you know, started working. My younger brother started working before me, got a car before me, (laughs) you know? So it's just, when you compare yourself, it's just a constant rat race and, you know like we're all young you know as long as you don't have kids you don't have any major responsibilities you know this is the time when honestly we should all be trying to do as much as we can to sort of just push ourselves Mm -hmm. right yeah yeah um you said you also do a bit of freelancing is this the copywriting that you mentioned you do earlier yeah okay so what does it mean to be a copywriter what does that involve or entail um basically it's all the text that you see from brands the text you receive the emails all the captions in the social media that's all copywriting so the person who would be doing all of that is a copywriter yeah and you do a little bit of everything yes i do i've done it for Instagram, mm-hmm. I've done it for emails, I've done it for websites, yeah. And how do you find yourself as a copywriter? The first job that I got um, after I finished school was as a content creator and a copywriter. Mm. I had no idea what a copywriter was at that point. I knew what content creation was, mm-hmm. but I had no idea what a copywriter is. So they trained me on the job and that's when I realized copywriting is an actual thing. And if you go to the job websites like Upwork and Indeed, they're actually actively looking for copywriters because even bloggers don't actually write their content. They hire copywriters to write their content on certain topics. So everyone is always looking for someone to write something for them. Mm. So that's how I got into that. Oh, wow. Do you enjoy it? Yeah. Um, I do enjoy it. It has its difficulties because mm-hmm. the words I would use isn't the same words that the client would use. So yeah. even though they are hiring you to write it, they still have their mentality on it. 
Mm-hmm. So there's always that clash between what they want and what is actually being written. Mm-hmm. That's the only right. problem I have. Yeah. And, do, so, and also, I guess, working with brands or other companies, you have to sort of use the brand voice or the company voice and so may, it may not align with your own voice or the way you'd want to read or to learn about whatever it is they're selling so i guess that's where another clash would come in as well yeah because if they have different audiences mm-hmm. of like different age groups it would be difficult to find the exact voice they would need right and do you think that's been like a strength in now fully launching into your own content creation and sort of being able to hone in on those skills where you're able to sort of like identify what different audiences may need and writing your own content? Um, I think it has, especially with not just the copywriting in itself, but also the content creation for brands and mm-hmm. companies. You're able to know this is exactly how to get the attention of this certain audience and this certain audience, yeah. What are some of the challenges you've had with like working with brands um, as a content creator in Nairobi, Kenya? Or, and do you think that, and where do you think sort of like the space as a content creator in Nairobi, Kenya is going? The challenges that I've had is mainly that um, brands in Kenya don't take you seriously mm. if you have less than 10k followers. And I do see it as a backward way of dealing with things because um, I work with brands in the US, in in the UK, in Canada, in Australia, and also in Kenya. So when you see the contrast between how you're treated as um, as a micro influencer mm. in Kenya and how you're treated as one abroad is very different because um, they don't just see followers as that's exactly how you're going to get the market you're looking for. Mm -hmm. Um, They will see your engagement as what they're looking for and not the followers. Because I could have 10k followers but only two people comment on my pictures and I only get like a thousand views. But I have 6k followers and I get 15,000 views and 30 comments. That's what the, that's what they're looking for. Right. But in Kenya, most brands are like, you don't have 10k followers, we can't pay you what you're looking for. Um, until you get to 10k, that's when we can start speaking. So I think hopefully we would grow. Um, I'm not sure where it's headed because it's been the same for the past two years. It's been I've been hearing the same things. Mm. So I'm not really sure it's headed, but hopefully we grow. Yeah. And so when you're faced you with your own people. Hey, yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> but also are we surprised? Are we surprised? Not really. Yeah. <laughs> um and so how do you how do you deal with that? Because on the one hand, you know, you're a Kenyan content creator living in Nairobi, Kenya. Um, 
and you want to be respected by your own people who are telling you that you know your worth is based on x number but then you have like canadian you know uk brands big brands who are telling you something different so like you as lucy and i'm sure we can all relate to this even us as a growing podcast i struggle with this so much um how do you sort of like build your own self-worth because like for me personally i don't know what it's like for you Gadoni. like we are growing you know and we've only been in this for like a year not in a year and a half but like when you see your numbers mm. just like guy <laughs> like, <laughs> you know like is this worth it you know like i'm here yeah. on a saturday you know that saturday evening you could be out in the club you're doing so many things mm-hmm. um <laughs> so how do you sort of like build up your own self-worth and just be like you know this is lucy this is me regardless of what other people are telling me and especially when it's your own people honestly it's just support from the people around me mm. just hearing them say i'm doing very well they're going to see me grow or there are some followers who dm you saying i love your content please keep doing what you're doing you're going to grow that does help because being out here and it being your full time job and people are telling you no until you get to this number absolutely not and they treat you very differently from someone who has the number mm. it can be this discouraging but encouragement from outside helps and also the fact that i'm working with brands outside yeah who actually come to me and tell me that we love your content we love what you're doing can we work with you that's encouraging to me yeah that's amazing and i think you also have to remind yourself of why you're doing it or exactly. why you wanted to do it in the first place yeah i think you'd keep reminding yourself over time mm-hmm. but it's also like i know why i'm doing it but i'm not seeing a result for it mm. so it's hard Yeah, I mean, but you you sound like you're doing an incredible yeah. job. I mean, you're hiring people in university to help manage your job. I know, yeah. I mean, it's it's incredible what you're doing. Um and so for other people, you know, who are coming up in the same space, um what's some what's some advice that you would give them who are thinking of going into content creation or already are but are scared of sort of like putting their name on it? I think I would tell them to just be themselves, mm. show themselves through their content. It's better that way because you don't feel like there's someone else you're trying to portray outside there and it's not really you. It's very hard because then over time you're going to get exhausted mm. by just showing someone else out there and it's not you. And and also just be consistent because consistency helps a lot in growth and being recognized just be consistent is the only thing i can tell yeah consistency is the word that we're trying this year looking yeah. <laughs> at experience <laughs> <laughs> yeah we are we're trying we're, i think we're doing well so far we are we are yeah but let, let's see how it goes <laughs> No, but I think that's good advice. Yeah, it is. Also, I I was always told consistency is key. Consistency is key. Mm-hmm. I feel like consistency also works different for different people because I know creators who um they will start posting today and they will post every day for two weeks, 
after the two weeks, they would go from like 2,000 followers to 30,000 followers. Wow. Because of the consistency. Right. And then you'd have consistency where you post as much as you can for two weeks and the only thing you show is 20 followers. So I think it works different for different people because everyone tells me everyone's journey is different. Like theirs could be easier or theirs could be harder, but everyone's journey is so different. Mm -hmm. As long as you just continue, be consistent with it, you'll get somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And isn't it that whole thing? Um, so of... where do you see sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, last thing I swear they're gonna shut up. Um and no, I was just gonna say, like, I think as well something that I've noticed, um, because I usually look at the numbers of listeners that we have and when I just see sort of like a jump from, you know, just you know, thirty to like maybe forty or something, I'm always just like, that's ten people who've decided to take an hour out of their day to listen to our content, you know, and like that is, it's so, it's so endearing and it means a lot to us to just to see that number just shoot up because like you could be doing so many other things and listening to us like ramble on for an hour, an hour and a half about something that maybe you don't really care about, but it just, it says something. Mm -hmm. So I think even that number, um, sometimes I think can be, you can be so focused and sort of like the zeros that come after it, but then it's just like, if you focus on that one, it can be really motivating as well yeah yeah that's true um so where do you see you know your shop i mean vitamin accessories going and your content creation going like what's what's the dream for you with those i see vitamin accessories hopefully expanding into a physical shop and not just online i really like that and not just having jewelry in itself maybe we can have more than that i don't want to give too much yeah <laughs> fair enough um in terms of content creation mm-hmm. um, i do see myself doing this full time hopefully um hopefully i'll have moved out um (laughs) and yeah i feel like that's really what i see for myself moving out doing this full time doing what i love full time Mm -hmm. being able to just be anywhere in any part of the world and just be producing content and making money from it Mm. that's what i want to see yeah well yeah we'll definitely watch the space and see you, girl. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> Hopefully. Absolutely. Um, all right. So I guess we can wrap up this conversation now. Um, where can our guests find you or our listeners find you if they want to ask any questions or just shout out or want to buy something? Where can they reach you? Um, you can find my personal page on Instagram at underscore Lucy underscore Kimuthia. Um My TikTok is Lucy Kimuthia. Um If you want to buy something, it's just vitamin accessories, Kenya. And we'll put all those links in the show notes for everyone to find. Absolutely. 
Well, yeah, thank you so much, Lucy, for taking the time um, to join us on our podcast today. It's been lovely having you, and we can't wait to see where you go, where vitamin accessories go, and maybe have you back on the mm-hmm. podcast to share your story five years down the line. Yeah, that'd be great. Thank you so much for having me. It was so lovely talking to you guys. You're welcome. Oh, we're glad. Right, take care. Thank you for tuning into another episode of A Kenyan's Experience. If you found this episode inspiring or even helpful, then please do us a solid and share it with close friends or family or even just share it to the world. We appreciate you. Hit us up. Check out that new feature, the voice notes. Let us know what you think about this episode. We'd love to hear back from you.